0: Yo, it's your boy Luke, and today we're going to be having another Off Ball Thoughts episode, and I'm going to be talking about the brief history of big men and the state of the position today, along with the top five centers in the NBA. So the rise of the big men in the modern NBA should not be a shocker. If NBA fans look at the history of basketball, you see that big men really impacted the game since the 60s. You can think of Wilt, and then later Kareem and Bill Russell, and then the very, very slept on Moses Malone. We can move even further into the late 80s and early 90s, and even the late 90s, and think of Hakeem, David Robinson, Shaq, and then push it a little bit later into the early 2000s. You can think of Yao Ming and Dwight Howard. So, what happened to this position that has historically won the most MVPs, and where did they go? So, if we're going to think about the rise of the modern NBA and the NBA as we know of it today. We think of three-point shooting. We think of guys like Steph Curry who are immediately lights out. And something you're going to realize with most great shooters is they're not huge. There's Reggie Miller, who was a big shooter for his time, but then you can think of Ray Allen, Vince Carter, Steph Curry, like I had already mentioned, and even guys like Trey Young, who are all pretty small. So then you think of centers who can be 7'4", have super long wingspans and hands that could pretty much cover the basketball. Imagine shooting a basketball like that, having your hands completely around it. Obviously, it'll be super hard. And if all you've been taught your entire life is to just go up, dunk it, post-hook, post-fade, scoop, or like floater it, it'll be much harder to shoot. And that's really why the center position fell off. Because Dwight Howard was incredibly skilled, and I believe he was a three-time defensive player of the year, but he cannot shoot at all. And if you look at his career, it's really tapered off as three-point shooting has become the become a rising sensation. So my thoughts about the current NBA and who the top 5 centers are is really who impacts their team the most, who's the most skilled, and who's the most valuable. But before I go over that, I want to talk about what happened to the big men, considering they were super important and super dominant historically. Two things. Big guys just won't be fast. Big men can be super athletic, but they're just carrying so much weight and size, they will not be the fastest guys on the court. Additionally, to paint with a broad brush, like I already touched up on before, centers are not skilled shooters. Therefore, the inability to cover the spread on defense, meaning getting out the three-point line and getting a good contest, and then having the ability to spread the floor on offense, which I mean by taking deep twos, taking threes, that's not really the comfort zone for most traditional shooters, traditional big men, sorry. So your traditional back-to-basket big man is going to become obsolete. Then comes the next evolution big men who can shoot. And I'm not saying the league, the best centers in the league, are amazing shooters, but they're all very consistent and won't miss an open shot. Hakim is a good example of a big man who could quote unquote take outside shots in the 90s. He had a good mid-range game and he could hit threes, similar with David Robinson, but they do not compare at all towards the likes of Carl Anthony Towns or Jokic. So starting at number five on my list is Rudy Gobert. He is what I would consider a very traditional center. And it's actually surprising that he's made it this far in the league, considering I don't think in his career he's taken and made a shot outside of 10 feet. That's actually a stat. You can look that up. So Rudy Gobert this season is averaging 14 points per game and 13.3 rebounds per game, along with 1.2 assists per game. But his real stat that stands out is 2.8 blocks per game. We can see that the Utah Jazz are the number one team in the West, and that is a very competitive conference. And you're going to ask yourself, yeah, Donovan Mitchell is really carrying this team, but they're not a great lockdown clamp team until you look at their center position. Rudy Gobert is blocking a ton of shots, and his presence in the paint is just overwhelming. Therefore, they have the paint entirely on lockdown, and then they can have four guys covering the perimeter, almost in a zone type of defense. And I think this is really the only circumstance where a traditional big man is playing very well in the league. Coming in at number four is a very untraditional big man in Karl-Anthony Towns. He's averaging 22.5 points per game, 10.7 rebounds per game, along with 4.2 assists per game and 1.7 blocks per game. Therefore, he's showing that he's a solid defensive player, but he's very well-rounded on offense. He's passing well and he's shooting pretty well. Karl-Anthony Towns is generally a post player player fadeaway player, or a facing-the-basket shoot player. I think that's pretty solid. I'm sort of disappointed in the way Minnesota's playing, and I don't really have an explanation. They have a lot of talent, and they have a really good young guy in Anthony Edwards. Uh, Shout-out to the guy on the Raptors who he put in a body bag. I hope you're listening. So, yeah, I would love Carl Anthony Towns to play better. He's got the skills to be an amazing 21st-century center, so I just want to see him show up. Coming in at number three is Nikola Vucevic. And in the past couple of years, his name's come up a lot more, which is interesting because he's already 30. He's averaging 23.9 points per game, 11.7 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists per game, and a pretty good 83% from the free throw. What I like about that is big men traditionally can't shoot from anywhere. Remember the hack shack rule? Shaq would literally get put on the free throw line as a way to stop him. This guy is a dominant center in the paint. I love his post game. He's got a ton of stuff in his bag. He's got a good facing face guarding shot. He's got a good under the basket touch. He's got a good little jump hook, a lot of nice stuff. And then even if he's getting fouled, he's doing pretty well from the free throw line. And the Orlando Magic are doing pretty good this season. Definitely give him some props for that. All right, so I know I'm ranking the five best NBA centers, but it should be clear that there's a drastic fall off from number three to number two. What I mean by that is the one and two guys who you should not be surprised by in the slightest are so, so far ahead, like literally light years ahead in terms of what they're able to do. And these are the kinds of players who I'm looking for in the NBA. So coming in at number two is Nikola Jokic, averaging 27 points per game, 10.9 rebounds per game, and 8.4 assists per game. I wish I could put him at number one, but his team is not doing so great. And for somebody averaging those stats, his team should be doing better. Mike Malone is an amazing coach who knows exactly what to do with a talent like this surrounding him with a bunch of good shooters like Jamal Murray. But he's not really producing. I wouldn't be worried about the Nuggets just yet because you can lose a few games like the Milwaukee Bucks have and still know they're going to go pretty deep in the playoffs. I would not. So keep an eye on out because if he plays even better and his team starts to win, that'll probably be my MVP candidate. My favorite part about the Joker's game is his court vision. I don't think I've seen a guy who's 6'11 throw more than one full court pass, and that's usually with two seconds left in the half or in the quarter. The Joker is literally doing it every other night to get guys open. He does these weird lollipop passes. He does skip passes to find the open man. Even in the post, he'll turn around and do like a scoop pass to a guy who's cutting in. And every guy on the Nuggets knows if you move around, you'll get rewarded by a sick pass from the Joker. Coming in at number one, no surprise here, is Joel Embiid. He's averaging 29 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game, 3.1 assists per game, all on the best shooting percentage of his career in both three-pointers and two-pointers, with the highest points in his career and a career high in steals. Embiid is also taking less threes in more two-pointers, which is interesting because he's hitting on more of his threes and on more of his mid-ranges, which means he's taking less shots but making more of them, and he's improving on his mid-range game, which is super consistent. Here's a little fun fact. If you were a superstar in the NBA today, you better be taking mid-range shots. They're a higher percentage of going in. People don't contest them as often. And if you do a nice little pump fake, you're going to find yourself two steps from the basket. Uh, The ability to drive in Joel Embiid's game is very fascinating. He's about seven one and 280, but he moves like a 6'8 guy. He can go in with a pump fake or a jab step and then rip right through you and go straight to the basket. What's really elite about Embiid's game is not only is it's his face forward post game. What I mean by this is instead of having his back to you and trying to back you down, he'll have his face towards the basket so he can take pull-up shots, step backs, or rip throughs or euro steps. And this is something we don't really see very often you can see anthony davis doing this a lot although i consider him a power forward not a center that's why he's not on this list but in terms of the centers nobody else really does that what i like about this is it means people have to see his increased efficiency and higher field goal percentage and then he forces players more likely centers to come farther out to challenge him And Embiid has the kind of athleticism that people sleep on, and we see this in his ability to take uncontested post-fades or fadeaways, or in the circumstance that the defender does close out, Embiid can then go baseline for a slam. It's really no wonder why they're the best team in the league right now. Thank you for listening, and be on the lookout for another podcast coming soon.